Welcome everyone to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Josh Hart. I I, I didn't do gracious (laughs) this time. I am your host, Josh Hart, and my brother, co-host, Matt Hillman is here with me, of course, obviously. I'll be your your gracious co-host tonight. (laughs) As he is every week. And this this is a, uh, a busy week for, I guess, for both of us. Both of us got a a lot on our plate in terms of moving, so let's kind of get into that. This is our, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, the night before the episode comes out. Sorry, Miles, we're getting you these uh, these intros pretty late. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our last last night as roommates, technically, ever. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow night. I was like, oh no, tomorrow. Yeah, this is last night. Um, Anyway, we, we, I, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking yesterday was, or oh, tomorrow was going to be, you know, I, I had you like grab some, you know, some some dinner, brought it in. I, yeah, I knew you played, that. We played World of Warcraft all night. Yeah, yeah, bro. I'm, I'm like, I'm like a level seven um, warrior, an war, orc warrior, I guess. What does that um, mean? What is an orc warrior? It's, bro, I'm still trying to figure it out, bro. Like my my one of my best friends, Bass, from back home, Swells has kind of got me uh, and Larry Nance to playing World of Warcraft. So it's um, I I can't even begin to explain it, but I still have no idea what I'm doing. I was like looking over there watching you play, and it just looked like I don't I don't really know anything about the game. It looked like you were just running around, swimming. Yeah, bro, I'm I'm it's like you re- fighting a wild boar. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what I'm doing right now, bro. Because. I'm not sure if I'm gonna really be in in this World of Warcraft thing for much longer, just because it's it's a lot of just running around aimlessly, like trying to do these quests, waiting for different animals to respawn so I can kill them, and for the quests and all that. Um, no actual animals are being hurt during my World of Warcraft play, so. Um, but no, it's a lot, bro. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a constant thing for me. But I mean, hey, it's killing some time. So it's a box you got to check if you want to be a true gamer, though. You know? Yeah, I guess. Kind of, like, I guess so. Especially on the the PC gaming. Yeah, I guess, I guess it is. I guess I checked the box now. So we'll see how. I don't know. We'll see how much longer I'm into it. You should try League. That that would that would be the next box. Actually, we're looking for a new game, bro. So I mean. I'm I'm up for whatever. Think about Overwatch, trying WoW right now. So I'm with whatever. Anyone got any suggestions? Let me know. Uh, we're both going to be in Philly this weekend. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be Made in America action. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, I'm. When am I going there? I'm going to Philly Thursday night. Well, no, when tomorrow night, Wednesday night, on a red eye. Get there Thursday so I can work out Thursday, Friday. And then, yeah, going to the whole festival, um, Saturday, Sunday, which would be fun. Roddy Rich is going. That's Talk about Made in America for, for the listeners that might not know. Um, it's a huge uh, music festival thrown by or presented by um, Rock Nation. Uh, and it's in the, the Ben Franklin Parkway. Uh, for those that don't know or watch the movie Rocky, uh, you know where the rocky steps are that's where this festival is so it's four or five different stages and just you know smack just, in the middle of philly yeah right in the middle of philly and you just got 
different artists performing. Um, you know, I think it's headlined by Cardi B and Travis Scott. Um, Anderson Pack's going to be there. Roddy Rich, Megan Thee Stallion, The Baby, um, Juice uh, World, Juice World. I think Blueface. It's it's a lot of people. So that'll be fun. It's always good to go. One to go to Philly, obviously, because I love I love Philly, and then. You know, just from being in the East Coast, a lot of people go to it that that we both know. So this is like our what third, third or fourth year going. I want to say probably fourth. Yeah, fourth year in a row going to it. So the weather's going to be a little bit better than it was the last couple of years. So that's going to be a positive. It's not going to be raining and muddy and just terrible. So it should be a good, uh, good little getaway. At least for me, right before I go down to New Orleans, and for you. Just get away. <laughs> I'm not getting away, bro. I'm working. Yeah, that's true. But you get away from the Russell hustle and bustle, whatever from, yeah. from LA. No, it'll be good. I'm going. To, I'm I'm leaving Thursday and then working working at Made in America uh, throughout the weekend with one of our clients, and then I'm actually staying on the East Coast just to hang out with my family until mm-hmm. like the eighth. So I probably I'm I'm literally moving in the process of moving houses right now, but I'm not even gonna like be able to like live in the new house until like. To like two weeks from now, mm-hmm. so we'll see. You're not even gonna see it though, bro. Yeah, I'm not gonna see it. I'm not gonna see. It. I mean, I, I might be able to try to see it tomorrow. Tomorrow, I just have some movers come in. I'm like, like literally from like eight to like twelve or one. I got movers in and out the house, packing up, doing all that stuff. So man, it's it's just a long process, but obviously, it's a process that has to be done. Um, Talk to the fans about the trouble and the, the length that at which the lengths that you've had to go through. Well, not even going through yet, but will go through to ship your wine collection in New Orleans. Yeah, it's because obviously I don't want to just ship it regular, like because I can just have the movers take it, but I don't want the wine to be in just a van. Yeah, that's it like, has to be climate controlled. Yeah, like a 90 or 100 degree van and just sitting in that for a week, week and a half until I get down to New Orleans. So I'm like having it sent this climate controlled. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's it's a lot of money to ship wine. I, it's something that I definitely did not uh, foresee. But I mean, it is it is what it is, I guess. I'd rather pay the outrageous amount of money to ship it than to risk the some of the bottles getting uh I don't want to say messed up, but they might be. Yeah, so I don't know. It was a struggle though, trying to find someone to do all that. It was just it was a lot. But hey, it was gonna get down to New Orleans and that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, I wanna address something. Every single time we post on Instagram, anything, whether it's an episode, whatever, everyone always says, where's, uh, where's Lonzo? When, when are we getting the Lonzo episode? It's like, you guys don't like the other episodes we put Shit, out? You tell me when we get the Lonzo episode. I don't want to jinx it, but it, I think, I think we're getting it, uh, I think we're getting it next week. Yeah, possibly next week. Um, we've been, uh, moving some things around, uh, for this episode, but, um, hopefully next week, um, definitely in two weeks, but hopefully next week will be the day we release that one. So that would be fun for, you know, some of our LA listeners and, um, our New Orleans listeners as 
you know, new New Orleans Pelicans. So that'd be fun. But you know, don't take our word for it because we don't want to be liars if it doesn't happen. But it should be should be ready to go next week. Yeah, it'll be soon. We're not trying to deprive you guys. We know how badly you want it. Just working some things out on our end. Some very exciting, you know, news and announcements surrounding the podcast will be coming out soon and it's all gonna it's all gonna make sense. But Yeah, so it'll be fun. Um looking forward to that episode dropping. But uh before we get into who we have on the podcast today, it is was a busy week for the lighthearted podcast and a very productive week for or past week for the lighthearted podcast. We were able to secure um, our first sponsor and which we will kind of get into uh, a little bit later. We won't we won't get into that right now in this episode of the podcast, but definitely keep your eyes out for that sponsor It's going to be fun because that's something that be interactive with some of the listeners and give you guys some prizes and you know abilities to, w- to win different things so um, we are very excited about that definitely stay tuned for um, who it is uh, if you guys got any any idea or want to guess on who that is definitely tweet at us DM us um, do those kind of things so um, it's yeah. been good the official announcement will be coming soon but uh you know we're we're excited. We we started this thing not too long ago, and it started off as an idea that you know we just wanted to to do as a way to you know really interact with you guys, and uh, you guys helped grow this just as much as as we did. So this is the win for the whole lighthearted family, including you guys, and uh, we're excited to to share more when the time comes. Yeah. So um, um, we got to do some heart to heart before we get into it. the before we get into the this guest. Um, all right, we got a couple questions here. Lakers show land. Yo, shout out Lakers show land for still showing love despite you being on the Pelicans now. <laughs> uh, keep up the great work. Miss you in LA, Josh. And what are your favorite pregame songs? Um, I miss the fans too. I miss you guys. Uh, I like Motivate by Co- uh, J. Cole. Uh, I like Window Pain by J. Cole. Um, hmm. Rich Forever by Roddy Rich, Grinding on My Life uh, by Nips, Dreams and Nightmares. I always have that Dreams and Nightmares by Meek. I'm a, th- that's four right there. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's that's good enough right there. So that's that's four go to ones I listen to. I don't have any favorite pregame songs. <laughs> um, Lupita underscore U twenty six. Jay Hart, what was it like working out with D Wade? It was terrible, the worst experience of my life. <laughs> but um, no, nah, it was fun. Uh, and obviously, that was my favorite player growing up. So uh, just being able to work out with him and just take little aspects of his game that made him great, and just being able to learn those kind of things and work on them and uh, do my best to perfect those things to integrate those things into my game was definitely a great learning experience to do those things so it was fun definitely going to have to get into the lab you know with with d-wade a little bit more um next off season obviously now is kind of winding down i'm not sure if you know d-wade's trying to spend too much of his 
time in New Orleans, you know, Isn't that, he supposed that to be heat. chilling. Yeah, yeah, but I say he's, he, I mean, he always, he loves being in the gym. So I know he's always in, he's in LA. I'm not sure weather wise, he's going to trade LA for New Orleans right now with how hot and humid it is in New Orleans. But um, we're definitely going to be in the gym. Um, definitely uh, next year, next off season. So, uh, but it was amazing. It was a great experience. Um, I am Ivan wants to know what are each of your uh, favorite types of foods? Uh, my favorite type of food. Okay. If I go bougie, I go steak. I love steak. But then if I go like just like if I had to have like a meal, I'm going like comfort food. I'm getting some fried chicken. I'm getting greens. I'm getting yams, mac and cheese, some sweet potato pie. Um, I thought you were going to say Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle, it, it just all, the, it's tough for me because it just all depends on my mood, bro. It's like if I'm like really like, yeah, I want to go to get a good meal and like feel full, I'm going steak. If I want just like fast casual, I'm going Chipotle. If I want like, Food, I'm just, it's an off day. I'm chilling. I'm not going to do nothing for the rest of the day. I'm getting the the, the comfort food because it's going to give me the itis. So it just really just depends on my mood. And if I want something fresh and light, I'll go sushi. So <laughs> I, I I just gave you four different kinds of foods, but it just really all depends on my mood. Okay. I think sushi is mine. Sushi. I'm going I'm to say sushi. Um, for any of our listeners in LA, there's a really good sushi spot in Santa Monica called Kazunori. And it's one of our favorite spots. It's owned by the the same dude that owns Sugarfish. But the whole the whole restaurant is like just hand rolls. So you know most sushi is like cut up. This is just it's all. I don't know why I'm explaining hand rolls as if you can't yeah. already tell what it is. But yeah. <laughs> it's it's one big piece, and they just it, the whole restaurant is like this little bar, and then they just make it right in front of you and serve it to you. So you should definitely check it out. Um, we got asked a question by an account called Daily Josh Hart Three. Hey. <laughs> and I think they just post pictures of you every day. <clears throat> oh. The same, the same thank picture. You. The same picture. Oh, the thank same you. picture. <laughs> That's kind of lit. Um, question for Josh and question for Matt. Uh, question for Josh: What was it like being coached by Jay Wright? It was good because I love coaches that can push you and get the the best out of you and kind of make you be the best player you can be and he definitely pushed myself and this and my teammates every day um don't get me wrong we definitely had a lot of times where you hated him um a lot of times we disliked him but you always respected him and you know that that's kind of my experience it was a great experience for me for four years I learned a lot on the court but you would learn even more off the court and that was I think is the most important thing and you know one of the biggest jobs that college coaches have is just to help those kids mature and, and turn into young adults and that's something that coach Wright did um, an amazing job on I think he's the best coach in the business to do those kind of things so it was a great four years I wouldn't tra- change it or trade it for anything in the world and I'm excited to talk about him and kind of talk about his story on this podcast dope um, and then the question for Matt was uh, what is it like working with so many different cool companies? Um, I'll keep it brief because I know this episode's about basketball, but uh, it's a dream. It's really, really cool. Um, I think one of my favorite things is having ideas and seeing them come to life. And 
uh, when you when you get the chance to work with really cool brands, you have you know a platform to to come up with ideas for them to help their business and actually see those um, see those come to life and and that's a really good feeling, especially when they work out and everyone's happy. Um, and this you know on a smaller scale, this podcast is, a, is an example. It's an idea that we had and you know we decided to go out and do it. We weren't, weren't necessarily sure what was going to happen. Weren't necessarily sure if you guys were going to like it, but so far it seems seems like you do, and um, I think that's just that's just a really cool thing. So I'm I'm grateful for it every day. Um, that's all the heart to heart we have at this point in time. Let's uh Ooh. let's talk about our our gracious guest. Yeah, so our, our guest for me was fun just because uh, interviewing Coach Wright was it was cool just because I was I was my college coach. And he's someone who's been at every level and kind of really worked his way up to get to where he is. And if you know him or you know the program, you know he's about um, family. He's about genuine relationships with his players, uh, with his assistants, some of the very high character. And that's kind of why he is where he is and got to the place that he is at right now. And it, it was really fun to kind of talk about that and kind of uh, unravel those things. It's definitely a fun listen just to kind of just hear, you know, all the stuff that he's been through. Yeah, I mean, the program that he's he's built without really sacrificing, you know, integrity or character, I think is the most impressive thing. I mean, you guys really started with, with I mean, I guess with your class, kind of, because you guys, your your record in four years was, was pretty crazy. Do you mm-hmm. remember what it was? Nah. I think we actually talk about it in the episode, but... Anyway, the fact that you guys built the program that you built without, you know, with four-year guys when, you know, the the, the, the best teams were supposed to be the guys mm-hmm. that were, you know, getting the McDonald's All-Americans and the one-and-dones. And, and yeah. you guys every year would just would just consistently be in that in that national conversation. I think that was really impressive. Yeah, that's the thing. Coach Wright recruits, obviously recruits talent. <laughs> you have to have talent to win. But, y'all, but one of the biggest things that he does is, uh, recruit character, and my dog is really in here snoring right now. <laughs> um, but he recruits character, and that's something that's vital to Villanova basketball, uh, vital to, to being a student athlete at Villanova University, and that's kind of why we have and had the success um, built on you know built on that character. And, you know, just of having great players. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, this whole episode, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm just going to sit back. I'm just going to let, I'm just going to let Josh and, uh, and Coach reminisce. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess without further ado, here is the, I think, 12th episode of the Lighthearted Podcast, three months strong so far. So have fun listening to Coach Wright and the, the story of his time at Villanova. So, I mean, I guess this is a, a, a treat for for both of us, me and you, Matt, but I think more so for me, obviously, just because... I thought um, we were going to say for me. I think, I mean... It's, it's, it you, is you, for me. You do these a lot. I think it's a little... I mean, obviously, I think it's a little different with, you know, a, a former player doing... I don't know how many former players you have um, 
you know, do it, hopping on the podcast with. So I think it, okay, it's a treat for all three of us. I'll say that. Uh, everyone, this is Coach Wright. Obviously, we're going to have a longer introduction with him um, a little bit later. But I think, Matt, um, you know, we're going to open up this bottle of uh, 13 Jordan Cab. I know we already had Jordan <laughs> once on the on the podcast, but uh, I mean, it's my favorite one. So, you know, you can never you never There's go wrong with Jordan. Too. Yeah, you never can go wrong with Jordan. Jordan Wyan, Coach is a big Big wine guy, so you know, Cheers, man. Cheers. you know, it's always amazing. But no, I mean, uh, I think coach, your your resume kind of speaks for itself. Um, you know, with everything you've done, I don't want to date you, but you know, you've been coaching <laughs> longer than I think me and Matt both been alive. <laughs> so you know, all the audience, don't date that too much. But um, you know, I I think we really want to talk about obviously a little bit of your background, but a lot of it about Villanova. Just obviously, just because one, I've went there, we, and we, and, you know, we've had some good times, and and you've built a I always call it a blue blood program here, and I always argue with everyone, and and I put it as a blue blood just with the achievements and just the consistency we've you know we've had here the last. You know, since you took over in 01. Uh, you guys helped with that a lot. I think the, the level of consistency <laughs> was raised with, with your with your class. Oh, well, thank you. I, see, we're going to talk about that later, but I always, uh, I always, I always want to take the credit for it, but it kind of really started turning with Dio and Ryan. So we'll talk about that <laughs> a little bit later, but, and I'm never going to say that to them. Josh, but what, was your, what was your record in four years? My record in four years? I should have looked. Hold on. I think I have it. I, um, I think well, it was something at, something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, you're right, Matt. At one point, it was the there was only a couple. I think there was like a couple Duke guys that had won as many games in college basketball as Josh and his classmates. One twenty nine and seventeen. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That's pretty wild. That is. It, it's definitely the. Uh, the winningest class in Villanova history, but it, yes, it, it also ranks up there all time, one of the all time winningest college basketball classes. No, definitely. I think I think we're like five, four or five games away from that Duke team. I think it was like Shane Battier, um, yeah. that that team. I think that team had like yeah, one thirty three or one thirty four. So. And thank God those UCLA teams and they didn't play as many games. Yeah, oh yeah, back in the seventies, those guys, <laughs> the sixties and seventies, those guys didn't lose any games and uh, they just didn't play as many. But they yeah. didn't have to win as many to win a big uh, an NCAA championship. That's true. They didn't have to play as many games. Yeah, so it's a little trade off. <laughs> um, so I guess kind of talking about your background. Now obviously, your your first year here um, was '01. Um, you had three before that you had three consecutive postseason appearances with Hofstra, which was amazing with a with a thirteen seed, a fourteen seed. Um and then the year before that with the NIT. So that was obviously amazing from a, a low major, um, you know, D one program, um or mid major. Uh, you know what? We were that we we were going from low major to mid major. We were in that we were in that process. I'll say low major because then it sounds better when you have the NCAA burst. So we'll say <laughs> we'll, we'll go with low major. So you had three, you know, consecutive postseason appearances there, and then you took the Villanova job on March twenty seventh of two thousand two thousand one. And I I think kind of what I would want to know is what 
like what was going through your mind when that happened? Obviously, you were assistant coach here, you know, earlier with with Roley, and you were one of his mentees. And to, what did it mean for you to kind of take over the um, the ropes of the Villanova program, which you already had, you know, just kind of the Villanova blue, you know, running in your blood? Yeah, it it was. It's it's funny to talk about that now, because it w- it wouldn't seem like I was. Um, you know, thinking about going anywhere else but Villanova. But at the time when I was at Hofstra, my my mindset was was different. Like I was so happy at Hofstra. Like I loved living in New York. We lived in Rockville Center, Long Island. We could take a train and be in Manhattan in 30 minutes. I loved it. I loved the school. We were winning. Um, we built it. It wasn't like you know, it was, you come to Villanova and you have success. Villanova was always good. Yeah. You know, but we built that. I loved that. Our kids were born there. So I was really thinking, I'm I'm good at Hofstra. Like I'll I'll stay here. I didn't need to be a big time head coach. And and to your point about low major to mid mid major, that's really what we were doing. We mm-hmm. when we took over there, we were 295 out of 302 Division One teams. So you know by the by the end there, you know we were in RPI like 30, 40. So we you know we felt like we really accomplished something and built something. I was happy. So mm-hmm. when I came here. It was one of the few jobs I would have left Hofstra for, and it was coming home. Patty, as you know, my wife Patty's a Villanova graduate. She was a cheerleader, Villanova cheerleader, so we were coming home. I was an assistant here. I'm from Philly. So at, at that time, it was like a dream come true to come, to come back here, to come home. In the coaching business, you, don't, you rarely think you're ever going to get to coach in your hometown. you got to take the job wherever the job is, yeah. you know? We were in Le- we were assistants at University of Nevada Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I was at University of Rochester, Hofstra, you know Long Island, Long Island, New York. So to be able to come home, it was really um, almost unfathomable that you could get to do that. So at the beginning, it was a thrill. If you want me to go any farther into the first few years, it changed from being a thrill to begin hit with reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think Matt kind of wanted to talk about your approach um, and just kind of where you, you know, got attitude from. Yeah, that's that's a. Uh, you wear one of those attitude wristbands. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Out of boy, I'm glad Josh passed those on. Humble to Humble and man. hungry. Out of boy, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that was um, something that in the beginning years at Hofstra, as I said, we were 295 out of 302 teams and. And I was watching our first team, and you know we just weren't any good. Like we, mm-hmm. we just didn't, we just didn't have good players. But for for the league we were in, and we we had just started in a new league called the America East. And uh, I'm watching these kids play, and they're playing their butts off, you know. And mm-hmm. and you, I realized you can't really ask any more of them. And we went out and started recruiting, and I knew that we were going to have better players coming in, but. I still love the guys I had. They were giving me everything they had. And I thought, you know, we shouldn't, but we were losing mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> and I was like, we shouldn't be this distressed about this. We can't do anymore. It's not their fault. They didn't choose to play for me. You know, they, they weren't a good program. And they're not, they're just not, we don't have enough talent. So I started saying, like, what do we really have control of? We can go play the best possible game we can play and we're still not good enough Malik Rose was at um, if you guys remember Malik Rose he was at Drexel at the time he wound up playing for the Mm -hmm. uh, San Antonio Spurs he's now the general manager of the um, Detroit Pistons Mm -hmm. but he was 
he was a six nine stud playing for Drexel. They were the best team in the league, and I was like, our guys are getting killed by these guys, you know. My assistant had a great line one time. We played, um, we played Drexel. Malik Rose was six nine, like two forties, being guarded by um, our six four center James Parisi, who was studying to be, <laughs> he was studying art history. And after the okay. game, we got we got beat, and Malik Rose shot twenty eight foul shots. And I said to my assistant, I was like. This is this is BS, man. They're, they're giving Malik Rose all these calls. Like, we could beat that team. He said, Jay, we can't beat that team. He's like, <laughs> Malik Rose is going to be a first-round draft choice, and he's being guarded by James Parisi, who's going to be an art teacher. Like, we're not, <laughs> we're not beating these teams. So I started saying, like, what what really do we have control of? Like, mm -hmm. we're bringing good effort every day. We're bringing a great attitude. That's We have to feel good about that. And that's when we started making, we knew we couldn't win, so mm -hmm. our mantra started being like, hey, what do we control? We control our attitude. Let's come in here no matter what happens in the game. Let's have a positive attitude mm -hmm. the next day. Let's enjoy this. You're giving me everything you got, and let's let's control our attitude every day. And we actually started playing better, and we upset University of Maine in the playoffs at the end of that year and then had to play Drexel and Malik Rose at Drexel. We got <laughs> blown out. But attitude started to become our mantra. That's awesome. And then uh, I know going into the O2 season, you guys had a really, really strong recruiting class. That was with Randy Foy, Curtis Sumter, Jason Fraser, uh, Alan Ray, Bake. Yeah. What obviously, despite having despite having come off, uh, you know, an NIT season the previous year, what do you what do you attribute uh, to just being able to grab you know a really really top tier guys right away? Well, you know, I the Hofstra days played a big part in that because. When we were at Hofstra, we were really starting to get it good. We went to the NCAA tournament mm -hmm. two years in a row. So we started recruiting Alan Ray, not Randy, but Alan Ray, Curtis something, because Curtis was in Brooklyn, so he was only like 30 minutes from us. Jason Frazier was from Long Island. He was 15 minutes from us. Alan Ray was from the Bronx. He was like 20, 25 minutes from us. So we were starting, we were, we were getting a little big-headed thinking, all right, mm -hmm. we're going to get these guys at Hofstra. But we really did have that vibe going like, we we had Speedy Claxton who had, who got drafted yeah. in the first round, and Norman Richardson played for us, and then he got um, he was a free agent, but he got signed by the uh, Indiana Pacers, and so we had two guys in the NBA. We were winning. Um, we had the longest winning streak in the country going at one point, so we really thought we could get those guys. And then and I as I said, I wasn't in a hurry to leave, but then the Villanova job opened, and I took that. We took the Villanova job, but we knew those guys, and, mm -hmm. and, and now they're like. All right, we were we were kind of thinking of you guys at Hofstra, but now you're at Villanova. That's even better. We'll uh -huh. we'll go. And then Randy knew those guys, you know, from the metropolitan area, and they all knew each other. And that was really something, um, you know. We, Josh, we talk about your class with Chris Jenkins and all you guys, but those guys they came in when we weren't at Villanova. It wasn't really it, it, we weren't as successful as we are now, and yeah. so it was a, a step of. Uh, trust, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 I always have a, a special place in my heart for those guys because they were all tight. They came together to do it together to get this program going again because the program always had great tradition, mm -hmm. and they got it started. and And that that class was was the group that you know took us to a Big East championship and a Final Eight. Our 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 first of you know of our staff. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the biggest thing our class wasn't as much. 
Um, but when you have like a highly recruited class like that, I mean, first I know I remember hearing the stories. Um, I know we probably can't talk too much about it because you know had the NCAA, but you know the NCAA <laughs> thought you guys were doing violations back or you, then. yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. When, you oh, know, yeah. right when you guys get get the the Villanova job, you get the number one recruiting class in the exactly. country. It's like, I right, what are these guys doing over there? So exactly what happened. So I mean, I feel like it's always hard when you have. Um, a class like that, I mean, now it might be a little bit different because it's more one and done now. Yeah. But, you know, then it was like, okay, you got this number one recruiting class and you think you got, you know, everyone has these high expectations of you. But if anyone that knows you and knows the Villanova program, you can make impact as a freshman, um, you know, even a sophomore, but not as great of an impact just because, you know, here it's always about kind of buying your time learning to you know to play Villanova basketball the Villanova way and you know that's not something you can really learn in one year so right. after uh, right after you know you guys got that class you had a couple you know rough seasons you know a couple NIT yeah. you know NIT seasons but then you guys had that breakthrough and you know that was that 0405 season when you guys went 22 and 7 and you guys made it like you said to you guys first was Sweet Sixteen? I think it was that year. You got when you yeah, got lost to Carolina. Yep. Lost to Carolina, and, who won the national championship? Yeah, and it, I feel like we always just happen to lose the teams that won national championships. We so do. I, guess, we, that's a, I think that's a good thing for us. It is. We have it's we a have good thing. Some, we yeah we have some crazy record with that. With there was like all these years. That year we lost to to Carolina. The next year, the next year we Florida. lost to Florida. Won the national championship. My freshman year, UConn, and yeah. they won it. Before that, we we lost to. Kansas when they won the national yeah. championship in the Sweet 16. So then we lost to Carolina in the Final Four, and they won the national won championship. It, yeah. so we and had, we had a crazy run where you could say, all right, we we went as far as we could. We just happened to run. <laughs> Wherever we run in the national right. championship, it it's going to take the national champion to beat us. I was actually telling you guys, I don't know if you guys remember that or ourselves, that a, it's not – that's that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament or sometimes the curse of the NCAA tournament. It's not – where you end up, Sweet 16, Final Eight, it's matchups. Yeah, it's you know, if, you, if you happen to get that team, the best team at the wrong, you know, at, at, at the wrong time, um, you're you're at, you could be out, and, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you weren't a great team. Yeah, and even like this, that you, I kind of want to talk about that UNC game because obviously, because you had Curtis, what he blew out his knee or tore towards the ACL the game our, before our, in. Um, in oh four oh five yeah yeah he tore he tore his ACL yeah that was, was crazy it the, Josh. wasn't that was it that game or was it the game before it was the game, game before, before right Florida. yeah the the game before so you guys so you were able to obviously you know get past that which is all when you when one of your best players you know yeah, he, gets hurt like that it's yeah. physically is terrible because obviously he's down but then just mentally and emotionally it's like okay so you know our best player goes down and obviously everyone's like okay it's time to step up but it's also but it's still like a little bit in your mind like. So now what? Exactly. And then, so you guys are still in it against UNC, who I forgot who was there at that like that year. They had what five five first round picks. I think it was that year. Yeah, and uh, the kid Williams was their sixth. Yeah, Marvin Williams, Marvel, he was like the second pick of the draft, exactly. something like that. Exactly. So I was that they UNC had, team. May, they had they had May, they had Felton, mm -hmm. they had uh, they were all they were all first round picks. That yeah. was a monster team, mm -hmm. and we had and you guys had Rashad McCants. Yeah. Yes. And then yes. you guys, I don't Do even you know. Remember it, that game? I've watched it a little bit. I was I was young. It I was, was a crazy. pup. I was like ten. How, but just the the oh, back and forth. There's so many stories about that game. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, the game before that was when we played Florida. Actually, our first round game that year, 
Uh, do you remember Danny Granger played for the Indiana yeah, Pacers? Yeah, yeah. Great. He played mm-hmm. for New Mexico. They were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We blew them out, which was blew us away because we're looking at Danny Granger. We're like, this dude's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Florida, and Florida had all these. Um, David Lee was on that team. Mm-hmm. And how about this? Horford, Al Horford, and Joakim Noah were scrubs on that team. Yeah. They were coming off the bench and hardly even played. Mm-hmm. And also the other guy. Brewer? Corey? Yes, Corey yeah, Brewer was a scrub <laughs> on that team. Uh-huh. So I, I remember shaking hands after the game with Joakim Noah, and we recruited him. I felt sorry for him because I don't think he got in the game. Yeah. I don't think he got in the game. And then the next year, they come back, and they're all playing. Monsters. And they were monsters. But in that game, Curtis Sumter was our leading scorer, mm-hmm. was projected first-round pick yeah. coming out. And in the first half, he tears his ACL. Kyle Lowry is our sixth man. Jason Frazier is our seventh man. He's had all kinds of knee surgeries. Jason Frazier and and Kyle come off the bench, and both of them play great. Yeah. And we actually, I don't remember what the final score was, but it was, we handled them pretty well. I think it was like 15 or 16. And now we're going into the uh, game against Carolina in the Sweet 16, and we don't have Curtis Sumter. So... Um, we had a, a big guy, a young freshman, um, Marcus Austin, yeah. who really wasn't ready, a big kid, who would take that spot, but he wasn't ready. That was where we came up with the four-guard offense. Mm-hmm. We said, you know what? Kyle Lowry's a dog, man. Like, yeah. we, I know we're going to be tiny. We're going to start, you know, we're going to start Alan Ray, uh, Randy Foy, Kyle Lowry at the guard spots, and Mike Nardi. Mike Nardi, yep. And then we're just going to have Jason Frazier. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be five, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna be tiny, but you know what? It it, it caused them fits, mm-hmm. and Ky- that's when Kyle really kind of made his name. Yeah, because that was Sweet Sixteen game at the Carrier Dome. Mm. So what happened at the end of the game was we were down three. The bullshit travel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only on Josh's podcast we throw it in. I love it. And Alan Ray goes to the rim and gets fouled, and one ref calls a foul. It's going to be an and one. He makes it. It's going to mm-hmm. be a tie game like 30 seconds 11 seconds. 11.6 seconds. Is that what it was? Yeah, 11.6. <laughs> Good research, man. <laughs> and the ref comes out of nowhere and calls off the foul and says traveling mm-hmm. and gives the ball back to Carolina with a three-point lead, and I think we lost the game by one. But um, I, I, that was really a, a breaking point or a real breakthrough in our program where mm-hmm. – our guys were devastated, and it was our first time to the NCAA tournament with this group. And everybody was upset about the call, and we got into the locker room, and we said to the guys, you've heard this a million times, we said, look, let's look at what we, we can't control the call. Yeah. Let, let's control, let's look at what we could control. There was a play before that. We didn't, we didn't, we gave up an offensive rebound. We didn't block out. There was a play before that. We maybe had a turnover. We said, look, those things we can control. Let's focus on that and not the official and what we control now coming out of here is our attitude. Mm-hmm. And those guys went into the press conference, no complaints. None of us, we came out of there, no art, no complaints about the ref. And they really handled it. It's easy for me when you're a coach because yeah. you get to you coach again. again. Mm-hmm. But the players only get so many chances. Yeah, They handled it so well. They were so mature and classy. I think they set the tone for what, what our program was going to be about. Yeah. So every, everyone, y'all hear that? Uh, everyone talks about the, the, the small ball lineup now, the Warriors' death lineup. Villanova started that shit. <laughs> I'm putting it out there now. <laughs> we did, man. I was going to say, it seemed like that's that's when that true era of, of small ball basketball, at least Villanova small ball basketball, really started with that group. Well, you know, you know what, Matt? It did. And 
what happened was Curtis got his surgery and he came back to start the next season. So it was Kyle Lowry's sophomore year and that whole team returned. So Kyle was the sixth man again. Curtis was back in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. And right before our first game, Curtis tore his ACL yeah. again. So at that point, it wasn't as hard a decision. It, it was crushing for Curtis because mm -hmm. I think Curtis Sumter would have been an unbelievable NBA player. Six, seven, big, strong. He was kind of like a um, meta world piece body, yeah. but, but a better shooter. And um, but but then, so he tears his ACL. So we, we knew, okay, we're going four guards. Yeah. <laughs> we know what we're going to do. And then Kyle Lowry that year, that was his sophomore year. He just became a monster. And and Randy was, Randy Foy, I think was he was a Big East player, mm -hmm. player of the year. year that year and seventh pick in the draft. And Alan Ray went up going with the Celtics, and that was a, it was an unbelievable team. But we played those four guards all year, and that was the first time anybody did that. People thought we were crazy when really we didn't have a a choice. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I get, we get credit, but <laughs> we didn't have a choice. They were they were clearly the four other best players to our center, Jason Frazier. And then, coach, in that uh, in that oh five oh six year, I know you. That was uh, you know the first time that you really got national uh, recognized on a national level as far as the accolades go. Um, I think you ended up getting Coach of the Year um, and obviously Big East Coach of the Year as well. What did that mean for you and and your development? Um, you know, and, and kind of to show that you were there to stay in, in terms of the biggest stage. You know what, Matt? I, it, it's it's obviously really um, here, know, comes the, here comes the humble part. When you're in a year, when you're, <laughs> in, when you're in a year like that, you know you're so into the team and everything. You don't you're not thinking about any of that stuff. And then all of a sudden, we, we got beat in the final eight by uh, by the Florida, Florida team, yep. and and we were crushed. You know, and so then you know you're going to the final four for the coaches convention, but you're just mm -hmm. crushed that you're not in it, and. Um, and so you're not thinking about that stuff. And then, you know, our sports information director says, hey, you got to go get this award, that award. And uh, you, at that point in your career, you're really thinking, we're just getting this program going. Like, it's good to get the award, but it's good for recruiting. It's good for the program to show that, you know, we're all – because Randy got, as I said, Biggie's player of the year. He was first-team All-American. Alan Ray was All-American. Um, you know, you're getting – Kyle Lowry came on the scene. You knew he was going to be a first-round mm -hmm. draft choice. You just—that was just another accolade that kind of started to put us on the map. And and you you know that you you know even though personally it doesn't really do anything for you, you know it has an impact on recruiting and how people view the program nationally. Right. That's that, that's a very humble answer. <laughs> it's I mean, true though, man. You know, you, nah, know, I know you're you doing I mean, the same thing. Nah, I know you. I, I, I mean, obviously playing for you for four years. Um, I know, but I mean, you can definitely take some credit 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 for that. You, you <laughs> definitely helped. Um, I think that year, obviously, um, you know, like you said, you got. I don't. I want to say got robbed, but got robbed in a sense. The year before, then you, then you guys lost to the Florida team, which was just just. Monsters, they were, they <laughs> just were monsters. That's that's one of the things. Like I, I get it's like you're bummed, you like you lose, but it's also like, you know, they were they were some monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, that's interesting because I never hear you say that. Like I, as a coach, sometimes you say that, and um, you, but you don't know. Do the players really realize that? That kind of like we were talking about our old Hofstra teams. You, know, you get to a Final Four that like the year mm -hmm. we, went, when we went to the Final Four. We were a great team, but that Carolina team we played that year in '09 was was 
Danny Green, mm-hmm. and um, uh, who's the point guard from DC? Your, your guy um, played with Ty Lawson. With, Ty Lawson, yeah. and um, the other guy that was a National Player of the Year, the, the like six nine kid, um, hit Tyler Hansborough. Tyler, yeah. I mean, they hit. They hit all. They got guys. They, they we after we lost that game. I was like, all right. We, I mean, we were good, but that team. Mm-hmm. Did, so you, you guys as players do know that. When, if you no, de- I mean, there, there's, there's definitely times looking around, and you know me, I'm a very, I'm very competitive. I know that's why but, I I'm surprised to hear you say no, that. There, there'll be times where, like, like sometimes at Golden State this year, like, there was one game. I'm not sure if Brown was hurt or not, but like we were battling. We come back a little bit. We're like, un, like. Outmanned, um, outgunned, um, <laughs> and then the third quarter, Clay goes off, and I, well, I said, "There's in the league, there's nobody's hot. I don't care if you're talking about James Harden, LeBron, Katie. There's nobody's hot. Steph. There's nobody's hotter than Clay Thompson. When he's hot, you cannot stop this man. So he goes." off in the third quarter. I think he had like 25, 26. He's, he, got, he hit a deep ball on me that was probably at least seven or eight feet past three-point line. He hit a three. It didn't touch the rim right on Avita Zubak, who's like our seven-foot center, <laughs> and he just caught it like he wasn't there, like he was a baby. So, I mean, after that game, I was just I went into the locker room. It was just some of us was like, hey, man, we, we were right there, but <laughs> – that team's different. <laughs> so I mean, as competitors, I mean, I you, get it. I'm good. You That's kind smart. of um, That's smart. yeah, like you, like you said, you compete and you want to win and maybe play it all out. But when you got teams like Golden State or that UNC team or the Florida team, it's like we battled our ass off. We did everything we could do, but they're monsters. Yeah. So, it is, it is, Coach, it is true. did uh, did Josh ever get a little too competitive in practice? I heard some stories, and I know he, oh, I know he, I know he broke poor, oh, Matt, uh, poor Daryl Stern. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Matt. You know, someone a funny. He, he, Josh would tell you, and you know, Matt, you you were around, but, I, you know, I'm really intense in practice. That's kind of that's, um, you know, we we believe like I I don't want I try not to be yelling at guys during games. You know, sometimes I do, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if you you know sorry, you just got to make work. sure the camera's not on you. <laughs> do your work in practice, you know, and create good habits in them. So I'm trying to be serious in practice, but Josh would, his competitiveness would, would just take over and he would do the craziest things where I couldn't hold back laughter. And I'm trying to be serious <laughs> and intense. It was actually comical. Like one of my, one of the things used to make me laugh the most would be when Mikhail Bridges was young. <laughs> and Josh, actually, you were young too. Like he would be, well, he was one year behind you, right? Yeah, he was a year behind me. So he, Josh was only a sophomore. Mikhail would be a freshman, and and Josh would would annihilate him most times when he was a freshman, and Josh was a sophomore because he was just physically stronger. But Mikhail was so long. Every once in a while, Mikhail, because with his lengths, would would punch his shot or pin his shot on the backward. It wasn't a lot, but it was rare. But when he would do it, and then Mikhail would be going down the other end, you would see a rage in in Josh's eyes, and the whole staff and everybody would see it, and Mikhail would be going on a breakaway, and everybody in gym would be going, let him go, let him go, and Josh would just hammer him. Oh, I would fuck him And up. just kill him. And, and, you, and poor skinny Mikhail back then, just go crumbling to the floor and everybody in the gym would be like 
oh my God, this kid's dead. And Josh would be just seething. Everybody look at Josh like, what is wrong with you? And and like it would take him like two or three more possessions. You see like the rage would come out of his eyes and he would settle down. But truly that same competitiveness, I, I look at the same uh, look in his eyes when we're playing in the Big East Championship and Chris, we're down one with like, what, four seconds ago and Chris Jenkins takes a shot and Josh goes up and just viciously attacks the yeah. rim and follows the ball up, gets an and one, and you, you see that, you know, the, his fist pump, and you see that same uh, fury in his eyes in a positive way, you know? So yep. it was the most – he truly – I think he and Kyle Lowry were two of the most competitive people I've ever coached, and um, both of them had that – and still do have that um, that fury, that positive fury that can sometimes go over the <laughs> sometimes go over the line, but ninety percent of the time, it's 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 what makes them great. That's why this year in the in the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. when that owner hit Kyle, yeah, I was just I was so I was surprised ha- him doing anything. Me too. Oh my god. Me too. I was so proud of him and more happy for him because mm-hmm. I know he could. Like getting hit like that, yeah, could set him up. You know, Kyle Lowry in his second college yeah, game go ahead, got, <laughs> got thrown out of the game for for punching uh, Langford, um, the kid Langford for Kansas, mm-hmm. elbowed him in the head, and there was no foul called, and Kyle turned the ball over, and like Kyle, like Josh, I saw that same look in his eye, and down in the in a stack, they were in a stack set, and he. Punched him in the stomach, and the ref caught it, and he got thrown out. I I, I never had no that no big, you didn't do that. He, Kyle got big balls for that one because I would <laughs> I, I would all, in practice I always did it, but I mean there, there was definitely some times in games I would yeah I would get a couple elbows or I'd get a couple yeah. couple in of high texts, school, but you did. yeah I did I, I definitely got I mean I definitely got at high school I got thrown out of some games I didn't get thrown out of the games in college but uh, no no you never got no uh, never I got was, thrown out I was able to do it most of the time I was able to do it so the uh, ref didn't see so. <laughs> You had that, you had that one at Seton Hall, where everyone saw it. Oh except, my God! It except the ref. the ref. Yeah, the ref didn't see it, and then they, they and the whole arena. Fox. Yeah, that was um. Yeah, that was my sophomore year, I think. Um, junior, uh, I think it was uh, Angel Delgado. Uh, yeah. I forgot. I went. I think I went up for a layup or something. Something happened, and he smacked me in the face. It was. It wasn't like, you know, it, was, it wasn't on purpose. It was on accident. Hit me, and then I was I was heated. So the next play down, <laughs> um, I'm not sure what happened. I like something happened. I tripped you guys yeah, were... and then I tripped him. No, I, I, yeah, I tripped. No, you no, were all... I, we we went. He dove on me, and he tried to get up. I like tripped him. It was like Grayson Grayson Allen esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yes. and it got it got a uh, it got you know it got out there. Well, the it, refs did not see it. Got it got out there everywhere, and the refs didn't see it. However. The refs didn't see it, but they kept playing it in the arena. The place was going crazy. And the refs then realized what had happened, but they couldn't do anything. And yeah. you got hammered on the next three plays like I've never seen in a college basketball game. And they let nothing. the call go yeah, because they knew that. I, and I, now, now I'm going crazy because I'm like, all right, you you missed it, but you can't let this continue yeah. What was going what was going on after that. Uh, it's all good stuff, man. I'll take the competitiveness anytime. 
not to be too cliche, Josh, but I know we're talking about in high school. Your obviously your temper was a little bit more. Uh, it was you had, you had a worse temper, and then in college, obviously mm-hmm. you got better, and then and then senior year of college, same dude, Angel Delgado. You're you know after you eliminate them, you're helping them up, and you're like giving them a hug. And I know, coach, as you kind of preach, like you know, not just development on the court, but off the court. That had to be a pretty cool moment to see as well. Oh man, I. The the one thing um, about Josh, and same with Kyle Lowry, um, you know Josh has got a great heart. You know he's got a great heart. You know where he comes from. No pun intended. He he. You know his parents. You know what they stand for. So you know his intentions are always good. You know his heart's good. So it, it is more. It was more of a maturity. You know, being a seventeen, eighteen year old kid when you come in. And you're just so competitive, you can't control it to to the end. Um, like that play, Josh helping up Angel Delgado at the end of his career. It didn't that didn't surprise me, but I was happy that at least everybody else got to see the other side of him because to our opponents, he was a villain, you know, because he because <laughs> he was a killer, you know, he was just so tough and competitive. To other coaches, to other coaches, they would tell me all the time, like I I would kill to have a guy like that, you know, that that just competes like that. <laughs> You know, I, I always remember the game at Xavier in Josh in your senior year mm-hmm. when uh, our starting center was out. Yep. Uh, Daniel Cheffa was out. No, that was, that was uh, I mean, um, Daryl Reynolds, was, Darryl out. Reynolds yeah. was out. And then we played Chris Jenkins at the five. He got in foul trouble. We played Josh Hart at the five spot on national TV. It was like a one versus we were number one. They, yeah, were, they were like three, three or, or four. Yeah. And. You know, so a game where I, I tell this story to basketball people all the time. I remember when they were when he was going to get drafted. I told everybody this. It was a number one team against number three team on CBS at on the road, and Josh is playing the five spot, guarding these monsters, and we we can't run stuff for him. We can't post him. He's getting every rebound. He ends up the game with like eleven points, ten rebounds, something like that, and we win and. You know, somebody, I don't know, Chris Jenkins hits threes, they get all the hype, and I'm like, yo, our our six five two guard just played the center spot for an entire game. It was unbelievable. And he was happy as hell that we won. He didn't care. And that's that's r- the true Josh Hart. That and that's rare. That is rare in today's game. Um and I th- I think you can't obviously we don't want to just talk every year, every <laughs> season you guys had. Um, but I think the that um, 13 and 19 year with with big, yeah. for, you know, I guess big for where Villanova is now because obviously you guys didn't make it to the tournament. You guys struggled that year, um, but kind of shows how well um, you know you handled recruiting and coaching after that because obviously you had guys that you know came that played in the Final Four and I mean and just as a player, I don't want I don't I know some of those guys and they're all great guys, but sometimes you get big headed um, and stuff like that and obviously. We went. We won national championship. So you can imagine all of our heads were huge <laughs> at that point. Um, but you know, what were some of those struggles there um, that year that you guys went thirteen and nineteen? That after that season, that's when Ryan and Dio signed, and obviously everything kind of changed there. But what yeah. were some of the struggles like then? Because that was a, a huge, huge year in Villanova basketball. Yeah, you know, I I take a lot of responsibility for that, Josh. Like after the '09 Final Four. Um, and you talk about big heads, like maybe, I don't know, maybe I got a big head. Uh, you know, as a coach, in coaching, when you get to a Final Four, that's kind of the, 
you know, you're kind of anointed when you get to a Final Four and coach, because we have our coaches convention at the Final Four. To coaches, that's a big deal. And it was a big deal to me. I was very proud of it and very proud of our program. And But in recruiting after that, it was kind of, it was easier, which is kind of crazy to say, but guys wanted to come. You know, Randy was doing well in the NBA. Kyle was. Guys were, Dante got drafted that year. Guys wanted to come. And we just we just started taking good players that wanted to come and not explaining to them what Villanova basketball was all about. So it wasn't – it's hard to put the blame on them. Um, in the next year, we like we, we were number two in the country that after the, that final four year. But I could see, you know, we were playing 11 guys and we were running up and down and scoring points. But I could see, like, this is not going in a – good direction here mm-hmm. even the year after and we that year after 09 we lost to st mary's in the second round we yeah. got upset the year after that we lost to um we, we were like at number 10 in the country and then we slipped at the end of the year we lost like our last five or six games mm-hmm. and we lost to george mason in the first round of the ncaa tournament and so we were going in a bad direction that 13 19 year we just we just didn't have a program where everyone understood what Villanova basketball was all about. Yeah. It was just, and when you're the coach, you know, if you go to the Final Four and they give you credit, then when that team's not playing Villanova basketball, you got to take the responsibility. Mm-hmm. It was on me. We, we we had good guys. I just I just did not get them in recruiting, understanding what we were about, and then even during the year we were just we were trying to keep it going rather than be true to what Villanova basketball is. You know, we had talented guys. Um, so I, I take responsibility for that. I do. And then, as you said, the next year, Ryan and Daniel came, and you had a point guard who, without even coaching him, was already playing Villanova basketball. Mm-hmm. And you had a center who was almost as competitive as you, mm-hmm. and Daniel Achefu, who was playing Villanova basketball without you having to teach him. They just mm-hmm. came in that way. So that was kind of lucky on our part, too, yeah. to get those two. Coach, I know you uh, – you hinted briefly at, at the, the old Big East. Um, it's something that, you know, we, Josh talked about on the last episode. But, um, you know, for, for us who grew up, you know, watching the old Big East with the amazing, you know, UConn teams with, with Kemba and then, you know, the Peyton Sivas at Louisville and, yeah. you know, the Sam Young, LeVance Fields, uh, Dewan yeah. Blair's at Pitt. Like it was the old Big East was just incredible. Um, yeah. Obviously, the new Big East is as well. But um, to go from from those teams to, you know, an entirely new conference, you know, what is that like for everybody involved at the time? Well, honestly, Matt, for me, um, I was when that when that Big East broke up, I was crushed, man. Because I, you know, I grew up as a kid, even when the old Big East, the real old Big East, with like, you know, Patrick Ewing and and Allen Iverson and 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 all those guys and Walter Barry and Chris Mullen. So that's how I grew up as an assistant. And then I get to be a head coach in the Big East, and you know, we're rolling. You know, one year we had sixteen teams. Um, it was one of those years we were just talking about. It might have been, it might have been like '09 or something. But we had 16 teams in the Big East, and 11 got into the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. It was it was unheard of. It never happened. The Big East was a monster, and then it breaks up, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, damn! Like what? You know, do I have to change jobs? What's this going to be like? And really, once we got about halfway through that first Big East, the new Big East season, I realized, you know what? These other teams are going into football conferences. This is all basketball. This is good stuff right here, man. Like everywhere you go, they're sold out. They're they're hyped about basketball. It's the most important thing on their campus. 
And then, you know, as it continued to grow, you know, until this day now, adding Connecticut back, you know, Connecticut coming back to this league, which was just announced, mm -hmm. um, is the first time that a football school said, wait a minute, we're going to change, we're going to go from the football model back to the basketball model, mm -hmm. as opposed to everybody else was basketball schools going to the football model. So I, I think it's as strong as ever. It's a great brand, this new Big East, and I'm really happy we're in it. Yeah, Matt, I think there's probably one person I was probably a little more mad than, you know, more than coach, and that was probably me because my ass committed to that. Yeah. I, I committed. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play in the, the Big East and play yeah. all these teams, and I, then I just see it just crumble as I'm a senior. Well, is that what it was? Your, it was yeah, your it senior, was my senior high school? High school. I, I what did you think about that? Oh, I was heated. I hated really? it. Really? Uh, yeah, because I was like, I, you know, you go from, and obviously there's no knock to Xavier oh, and Creighton it. and all of them, but, you know, they're not on the same level as Syracuse, Louisville, um, UConn, Pitt, Notre Dame. Um, I'm, I'm a couple of other no, blank on you, them, but it's like, yeah. you know, that's what you like. You're seeing that, and then you see, you know, they're top. You know, those, some of those teams are top five. The, the year before, my senior year in um, high school, you guys had a couple big upsets at home with Louisville and um, Syracuse. Syracuse yep. and you guys stormed the court and all that. So I see that. And I think I was at the Syracuse game. Ryan hit the shot going yes, overtime yes. and all that. So I look at them like, oh, this shit going to be lit. <laughs> and then I just look and I'm just and just slowly, one by one, everyone's leaving the conference. And I'm just looking like – I, like and then Xavier and um, Crane and all them coming out, and I'm just thinking like I gotta play against these weak ass teams because <laughs> like that like that was like the bar you know for the Big East yeah, the bar yeah, was just yeah. set that high you had you know just I mean amazing basketball conference and then it just kind of you know, you know went down. You and I you and I never talked about that that. I mean, were you thinking at that time, like, shoot, I might not go there, I might transfer? No, no, no. I should have decommitted once I went. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, that wasn't an option for me because I'm a very loyal guy. So it's like, I, right, you know, I committed and, you know, that's where I want to go. But it was just a, a bummer for me because I was just like, like, damn, this is, you know, this is what I want. This is what that's I signed up for. I want yeah. to do this. But now it's switched up. And it was just like, yeah, that, and obviously that is true. it's still a good comment, but it just wasn't, wasn't the same because, like, you got. No, those are like battles. Yeah, Every game yeah. was a battle, and you're yeah. going to some of these spots, and it's just the Carrier Dome. Yeah. Um, uh, was it? Pitt always had a good crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you Louisville. Going, Louisville was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm signing up. Like I'm going into these spots. It's gonna be a battle. I, you know, this is how I, I like playing physical, doing all that, and then it just gets taken away from me. <laughs> body by the. Damn football it's funny, the, money. The, the Big East is, is even though the game they're trying to change the physicality of the game. Even I, I was just this weekend with uh, with Coach Popovich and Coach Steve Kerr and, and Lloyd Pierce and Jeff Van Gundy. That's our USA staff, and they were saying that physical Big East basketball right now is more physical than the NBA. They're saying like they don't let they don't let anybody touch anybody in the NBA. Now the, the bodies obviously are bigger yeah. when you get hit; it's different, but um, they still, our league is still physical. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't been in the playoffs yet, but looking at the playoffs, <laughs> that, that, that looks, that no, looks you're right. that looks physical. No, you're right about that. <laughs> and, and that's, that's crazy about the NBA because it almost looks like different rules mm -hmm. when you get to the playoffs. Oh yeah. 
and even the deeper you go into it, like those finals were like, that was a bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no holding. Yeah, there, there's, there's no but like it, during a regular finals. season, they don't let anybody touch anybody. No, you can't touch anyone. Especially <laughs> for defense. That's what like the NC, the NBA got to change the rule because it was we couldn't as defenders we couldn't touch, grab, or whatever. Yeah. But if you look at like Steph, Clay, when they go off screens, they push off every damn <laughs> play. So it's like they're pushing off. And it's like our scout report is like stay attached, go over screens, da da da. So I was like, all right, cool. So we're like on their hip, and they push off, get off a screen, hit a three, boom. Luke be looking at me like, Josh, what the hell? Get get this get his ass out. So now I get <laughs> I sit on the bench. So I'm just looking I'm like, yo man, they pushing off. They not calling off, and he just like looking like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it was a bummer for me not being able to play in that Big East. But we had, you know, the next couple of seasons we had good seasons. Yeah. You know, we won Big East, you know, championships, regular season, um, conference uh, a couple of times, and then that sixteen year, um, which I think is the best season in Villanova basketball history. We won the <laughs> won the national championship. I mean, obviously, two thousand eighteen. Obviously, they everyone says it's the most dominant. Um, some say is is one of the most. I won't say the most. One of the most dominant runs in the NCAA tournament ever. Obviously, stats, stats, stats show wise, that. Yeah. yeah. But we had some dogs that we played. Against. Like we had Iowa, who was top five at one point. Yeah. Miami was, um, in 10. and out. Yeah, in and out of the top the top ten, 10 top fifteen yep. that season. Um, now that we had Kansas, who was the overall number one, yep. beat them. Um. Oklahoma, who we lost to by 20 in Pearl Harbor, we whooped their ass by 44, which that <laughs> was a, is a record for Miami of victory. Was good. Yeah, Miami was. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. Miami. Miami was was McClellan. Was yeah, yeah. Uh, they were they were tough, and then Oklahoma. Then obviously the finals against UNC, where they were just monsters and number one half of the year. And then, but I think we run. I don't want to give up too much Villanova information, but we always practice. Um, you know that that out of bounds play. Like I can't remember ever in practice, Ryan or whoever the point guard was threw it back to the no. trail man. No, nope. not once. Nope. Like we didn't draw, we didn't draw that shit up. Like no. That that wasn't how we did it. It was no. just that was always the last option. But we would always say we would run it in practice, and as you, the defense would know mm-hmm. what we were running. Yeah. So we always thought, all right, if they know what we're running, we're always going to have to take the most difficult option because they're going to stop everything but even in practice knowing what we were doing we never got to that point mm-hmm. we you're right and still to this day we still practice that nobody's ever taken that Man, shot no one does this. but i think that was a i think that might have been the only time chris ever ran after that play too <laughs> like the, the, the him being the inbounder if that was oh you, no I, you're right I in practice I don't think you're, you're absolutely ever right ran, Man, i don't think he ever you're exactly ran. right Pass like the like the three other opposite <laughs> three pointer, but it, it was game was online. He said, "Yo, fuck it, I'm going." <laughs> you know, I'm and, going. You, and you know, Chris, he saw nobody was guarding him. Mm-hmm. He told he told Arch, "He's like, yo, yo, Arch, I'm gonna be open. I'm gonna be open." Um, it is so true though. The the one part of that is we practice that same play almost every day. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is even practicing it every day, we never took that shot ever. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know. That's why some people have asked me, like, why didn't you get more excited? Like, I just look at it like that was fate, man. That was just. I was far more proud of you guys 
And I, I tell, you know, when I speak to corporations, I, I use this example all the time. And you know this, Josh and Matt, you know it being around us. We really want you guys to learn about your, your attitude and, and that you can control that in life. And you guys with Paige hitting that crazy shot, national TV, 75,000 people in there. He hits the crazy shot. Daniel Ochef, who goes for a steal, he's got the steal. He trips and falls. I mean, everything. He didn't even have to go for a steal. He could have just stand, stood his big ass there, <laughs> and, and the ball probably could have just hit him. You're but, exactly oh, wow. right. He tripped. Even <laughs> even if he even if he just would have stayed on his feet, the ball yeah, would have hit him in the back. Do. I know. And all that happens, and you guys came off the court, and none of you were down. None of you were complaining. You were just clapping your hands, looking each other in the eye, and saying, "Attitude, man, we got this. Attitude, attitude." And I. And I, that's the, you, you know, you practice that all the time, but that's the situation you practice for. The most difficult situation when millions of people are watching on TV, you've blown a lead. Mm-hmm. So you've blown a lead. There's a tendency to have a little, have a little um, fear in your mind. That all shit in the back of your mind. Exactly. <laughs> which you guys didn't. And you guys walked out on the court saying attitude to each other. And I was so amazed by that. Um, you, you know, in the huddle, like we, we knew what we were going to run. It was a long time out. I just sat there and drew the circles real slow mm-hmm. to show where everyone's going to stand. I didn't have to because you yeah. knew what we were doing. So we didn't say a lot, but it just amazed me that all you guys, as young men at 20 years old, 21 years old, had that in you, that self-confidence to go out there and just say, hey, forget about what happened before this. We're going to go out here and execute. I don't know if the shot will go in. Mm-hmm. But I was so impressed by you guys. That's still what I take from that game. Not, not making the shot or winning it is is how mentally tough and mentally focused you guys were. That was amazing to me, Coach. I, I almost don't even want to ask this question because you've probably been asked it so many times. But obviously, everybody saw. Um, you know, as soon as Chris released it, you said "bang." Uh, was it? The, did the release just look really good? Had you seen him hit that shot so many times? What were you thinking in that moment, and what? Why, I guess, why did that come out? Yeah, you know what? I do that all the time. Like, on the bench, at the, if we take a shot at the end of a shot clock or let's say we've been down for a while and our guy takes a shot or end of the game, in my mind, I'd always say to myself, bang, like that's going in. And then the same, same thing, when the other team would always take a shot, end of the shot clock, in my mind, I would say to myself, no effing way. I would always say, no effing way. In my mind, just because I couldn't do anything, so I th- thought I'm just going to will this thing out or in, right? So I knew that I did that, but after the game, um, but I didn't know I did it that night. I didn't know my lips moved, and no one ever had a camera on me, so <laughs> I always thought that was just going on in my head. So it, later, after the press conference, some one of the guys said to me, "Like, uh, yo, coach, you're the OG." You said, "Bang!" I'm like, I was like, "What? What do you, what do you mean?" <laughs> And they said, yo, yo, when he hit that shot, you said bang. And I thought to myself, holy shit. Like, I, I, I mean, I know. How would somebody know? And then someone said to me, yo, they have you, your lips moving saying bang. I never knew that my lips actually moved when I said that. If anybody called me now, I would say it could be the first half with two seconds on the shot clock and someone could take a shot. If they put a camera on me, I'd be saying bang. For me, I, I was always looking like, damn, coach had no reaction. But I'm looking, I'm like, now I'm just like, Yo, that might have been the coldest reaction you could have possibly Because, like, you're, you're fa- oh, you look, bang, look. <laughs> and then just went and shook hands. And it was just like, 
Damn, I, that was so badass. I, I'm telling you, I was thinking in my mind, I, I really was, you know, before that, that how impressed. I was like, you know what? This is in God's hands. I am so impressed with these guys walking out here with all this pressure on them. And they're just like attitude, looking at each other. They're so calm. They're so confident. I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I don't know if this shot's going to go in or not, but I know they're going to execute because they're so mentally tough. I was amazed. I was like, if this goes into overtime, I whatever. I don't care because I'm so impressed with these guys. That's what I was thinking. The feeling that you get from winning any national championship is obviously incredible, but um, with 2018, you guys had a pretty commanding lead the whole game. You won you won by 17, so when the buzzer hits, like, of course you're just incredibly, incredibly you know, happy and excited, but to win in the fashion that you guys did in 2016, just in such a just a yeah. shock, just a moment. Like, do you what is what's the feeling when that happens? Do you do you even remember your like Josh? Do you even remember your reaction? Or are you just running around just trying to find somebody? Nah, <laughs> all I remember was just saying like just in my head like give me one Chris, and, he, <laughs> and then he just hits that and it's just like yeah you just you just run around. Um, and it was crazy, man. We were after that, we were rock stars. I mean, <laughs> co- co- that was coach's words, like talking about rock stars, just trying to always keep us humble. But like, <laughs> at least the rest of that year and that summer, um, we were. Tr- I mean, and and obviously we were trying to move on to the next year. You know, coach is trying his best to try to get us to turn the page and all that. But you know, we're going. <laughs> you know, we we hit a shot like that, then we we go to the White House, we go to the ESPYS. And I'm over here like yo, this this shit's fucking lit. Like this, is, like no, it was like, and I was it was like the best mo- moment of my basketball career. So I mean, that was like my initial reaction was just give me one, Chris. And then after he hit that, it was just like four months of just like rock star status. Yeah, I'm gonna be a rock star. <laughs> I came to Villanova right after you guys won. I was there for like a week. I skipped all my classes. Oh, yeah, I, I, man, yeah. classes were not a thing after that. And. Yeah, nah, they weren't. And I'm trying I mean, to talk to him about the humble, stay humble, stay hungry. Yeah. Nah, but you guys handle. I mean, you're right. You guys were rock stars, and I mean, you guys still are when you come back here. But um, you you handled it. You you guys handled it well. You did, and even going into that next year, it's hard. Yeah. No, no one knows how hard it is that next year. We, we were number one seed going into the tournament, right? Yeah. And we lost. We're on a one seed. Phil Booth was hurt that year. Omari Spellman couldn't play, play that year. And with all that, having won, I was really proud of you guys that year. I really was. I No one can understand that unless you've – it was kind of like the Warriors this year, mm-hmm. you know, losing those guys and still battling to the end. Yeah. I, I was very proud of you guys in, in 17. I don't really know if you could have done much more, you know, we won the biggest championship that year. Well, the biggest regular season and tournament championship. Yeah, yeah. And, and after winning the national championship and then getting number one seed, and, and that Wisconsin team we played was really we good. Have and had we had Wisconsin. A, just we on a should. side note, I mean, we they had like the like the second best record in the Big Ten and got like yeah. the fourth best ranking, and it was just like. And we just knew they were going to be tough, but it was just like, how the hell do we get this draw? <laughs> it was, was in Buffalo, right? Yeah. yeah, my my. Freshman year ended in Buffalo, and my career ended in Buffalo. Yeah, my dad born in Buffalo, but I fuck Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, I don't know if I if I mentioned this to you or not, but in the in the 2016 run, that's where I that's where I met my girlfriend. Really? Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, where where, so we where met, were you? We we met in Louisville. Yeah, after we won that no Kansas way. game. Mm-hmm. You got I did I let I let these guys go out. So you went out with my man Josh in Louisville. 
I don't even. I, don't I actually even went, out go well. I I went out with Hank. I went out with Hank. Louisville is a great a great city to win a uh, a Sweet Sixteen in because it was just it was small. Everything was walkable. The hotel was a couple yeah. blocks from the bars, which was a couple blocks from the arena, and everyone was just kind of um, compact in one area, just kind of having a good time out in the streets. Right, just everybody just walking out in the streets. Fourth street Live. Yeah, that was cool. That was yeah. cool. Um, Josh, every time I've been with you and then someone who was on the 2018 team, like literally without fail, it's an argument about which team was better. Um, <laughs> and I, and coach, I know you're not, you're probably not going to, uh, you're probably not going to speak on it, but what did you, what did you like most about each team and what do you think separated each team from their res- the respective, you know, 63 other teams each year? You know what? I loved the leadership on both teams. And, and when you, when you, if you're around here, if you're around Villanova and you see these guys arguing, it's really the it's the argument of the leaders because Jalen Brunson was on the 16 team, but he wasn't one of the leaders. So he'll argue it's the 18, 18 team, yeah. even though he was on the 16 team and a big part of it. And the guys that argue the most are the leaders. The young guys, they you know they they let the studs like go at it. But the guys that were young on either one of those teams, they don't say anything. But it's like it's it's Arch and and Josh and Chris and Daniel, and then it's Jalen and, and Mikhail and Dante and Eric. It, like They're the ones that battle each other. And I love that about them because the reason those teams were so good was because those guys took pride in playing Villanova basketball, playing our way, and they really believed that, that you know, they're not – these guys aren't pushovers, you know. They're not going to say, "All right, coach says we have to play this way, so I'm going to play this way." Because coach says they're saying, "All right, this is what coach presenting us with. This is the way he says we should play." I'm looking at this and I think, you know what? If we play this way, I can be a great player and we can win a national championship. So I'm going to do it. It was an intelligent. We we call it um, uh, voluntary cooperation. Like both of those leadership groups were really smart really competitive and really talented man for me for me it was always just play hard <laughs> for me it was just like shit play hard die on a couple of loose balls after that coach is gonna let me rock out that was that was my big thing it's true it's true and, and but, so but your version of rocking out was still it still fit it still what Villanova basketball yeah. that, that's that's that was the beauty of you guys, you know, like you, you know, if, if I, if I, and which I did when you got older, I did let you yeah. rock out, but you, you still got the offensive rebound to win the, mm-hmm. win the game in the Big East championship game. So that, you know, if a guy is selfish and someone else takes a shot to win the game, he stands there and says, oh shit, I didn't get yeah. that. You, you go to the offensive glass and win the game for us. So I let a guy like that rock out anytime. You're not going to answer. I know. I was, just, I was going to ask you. 16 to 18 but you're not you're not, you're not, oh, you're no not even gonna answer no that way. yeah no they, they like i said like you, you it, and, and you guys argue it it's crazy because some of you were on both most of you were on both teams so you guys are nah, it cracks me up how, when you guys are arguing with each other how it lines up is ryan fit 16s ryan phil me chris um does phil go with 16 Dan, phil 16 really? daniel um daniel with us daryl because Phil, ca- oh. Phil came alive in that championship game. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Like 20. You're and right. And then on the you're other right. side is Jalen, Dante, Mikel, Eric, and Amari. All I know, we would 
that, right, that if you group split is, if you split the teams those, that way, those are, those are the teams we would whoop they ass. <laughs> they, just, they just would not be t- like, and like. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, they I'm had, not going there. They had the most. I, I didn't know you guys split it like that's exactly how split. like that. And, like, I, and obviously, it'd be a hell of a game. Looking at the teams they played: Radford, Alabama, Press Virginia. That, the Press Virginia. I was like, okay, if they, this is gonna be the toughest game for them. But if you guys, you guys handled that. It was a great, great college basketball game. You yeah. guys got that one. But then Texas Tech, Kansas. That te- Kansas team was. Ass. <laughs> they would. They would not like. We played Kansas, and it was. Um. There was still Frank Mason there. Like I, I had the Kansas team. What it was like. We played Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins, Wayne Seldon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was like my my freshman year. Sophomore year. Um, no, in Atlantis, right? Yeah, was it was Atlantis. Yeah. My yep, my yep. freshman year, and then our when we won the national championship, it was they said Perry Ellis who who yep, you, yep. who. Thought with like Kansas for six years. Um, they <laughs> had the other. They still had Wayne Seldon on that team. Didn't yeah, they? Wayne Seldon, Frank Mason. Right. But they had the big dude Lucas, who was just wasn't great, but yep. just big. Yep. Um, they had another and another Svee, guard. right? Svi. Yeah, they had Svi. Like they had. So we we played Kansas when it was Kansas. That Kansas team was ass <laughs> compared to the teams we played. But anyways, so you guys beat them by twenty, uh-huh. and then you guys beat Michigan. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, I didn't. That Michigan team, I, they didn't get any respect for me. They was beside. They, they had the one solid wing. I forgot who he is. Um, oh yeah, who, he, play, he actually went, went back and played this year. Yeah, he went back and played. Um, unfortunately, he t- you know he Trenchard was a, he, from Kentucky. Yeah, right? he and he probably he, he would be in the league this Matthews, year. But he, yeah, Matt, Clay Matthews, I think it was. But then I think he liked Charles, Charles Matthews. Matthews, and then he um unfortunately he he tore his ACL in a workout this summer. So obviously, hope he wow. gets help. Yeah, one of his workouts, I think it was wow. Boston. I think I was talking to Mo. So obviously, hope oh, he gets healthy, wow. and then. So they had Mo, and that was really about it. All they had was Mo. Shout out to Mo. Mo's a wizard now. So oh. he, yeah, Mo, Mo's will be able to rock out, and he got a great opportunity with uh, with Washington. So, but either way, you like looking looking at our teams, and looking at the teams that we had to go through, and who we had to play, and who they had compared to that 18 team. They they didn't play anybody but West Virginia. So I'm putting it out there now. We would have kicked their ass if we lined it up that way. <laughs> I will say the way that the way that you guys hit hit your stride, like like I think Coach, you said it earlier, like you couldn't have done much more than you did. Like to to mm-hmm. the way that you guys played throughout that whole tournament was just, I mean, even like the 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 forty four point uh, semifinal victory, you just don't see that. Like yeah, that bro- yeah. that record would never be broken. No, no, it will not. And <laughs> uh, if you think about it, we we beat Kansas we beat Kansas in eighteen, almost the same way, but still didn't. Yeah, reached yeah, that record there. in the semifinal. Yeah, no. That was incredible. That was incredible. What's the biggest uh, transition going from coaching, you know, college players at Villanova to your time at Team USA? Uh, number one, Matt, I'm the assistant, which I really enjoy. <laughs> you know, Coach Popovich has to make all the decisions and set up all the practices and um, tell the, who's cut. You know, who's cut from the team, which, you know, if you think about it, when you're a college coach, you never really have to cut anybody. High school coaches do. um, NBA coaches do. um, College, you don't. And the first time I was the head coach at USA Basketball for the the, uh, World University Games, having to cut guys, that was killer, man. I hated that. And, um, but but also, it, it it is fun for me working with guys 
uh, of that talent level and, and commitment level. You know, last last summer, you know, we had all the guys out there, and we, we didn't even have any games to play. You know, we there was and the guys. You know, I was amazed at Kevin Durant, James Harden, and and Westbrook, and and all those guys were committed to working hard, competing in practice, and it was the summer. You know, and so. It, it, it you got guys on a whole nother level. You can say things to them quickly, like um, you know, let's you know, let's just go, let's just go run this low cross screen to a stagger and and then reverse it, get into a pick and roll, and they can just do it. They're pros, you know. In college, you got to teach them what all that means first. To take a little time to get them to do it. So um, I, I really enjoy it. I, I really do. It's it's kind of basketball heaven for me. Uh, this, the one thing I envy him because I was obviously just just growing up. I, I I love as a coach. I love Pop. I feel like Pop is you know the best coach to ever do it, um, and in the, the NBA level. So that's I, I kind of envy you a little bit because that, that's that's one guy that's like yeah. If, if someone was like yo Josh, who would you really want to play for? Besides, uh, first I'll say Alvin Gentry, and then um, good answer, <laughs> good after answer. That, after that, I would say Pop just because. Um, I feel like he's he gets the best out of his guys. Yep. Um, he and he's humble, and he doesn't have any bullshit. Like, and it, and if he sees it, he calls it out. Yep. And I think it's that in the league, that's something that's that's very rare now. I feel like it was more happened more, you know, back in the day. But now, um, you know, it's a lot of times you can't get on people as much. But but Pop doesn't care, and he um, when he sees you slacking off he sees something he'll say it. and you don't know how many times after games where they'll be playing somebody who's like nah they like if the, even if they wanted like we didn't deserve to win that team played harder than us they played better than us um we were able to out talent them but um you know they deserve to win that game we shouldn't have won it and it's you hear that the coach saying it's like damn and at least <laughs> for me i'm like damn i want to play for that guy yeah he that, and that is him man that, that's for real um and I think Alvin Gentry was his assistant. Yeah, I'm pretty he was, sure. He, Spurs, he was. Pretty sure he was. And uh, that's why he's number one. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. Um, yeah, and that's good. And you, you as players, can help those guys. You know, you can, you can help the coaches by, you know, when you're the best players, letting them coach you. That's what Tim Duncan did for him. Yeah. And he'll say that to you. You know, he'll, Pop will say, "Hey, Tim Duncan allowed me to coach him hard, so he's the best player." And so, because he allowed me, I was able to coach everybody else. Yeah, you're obviously like just off the court, very, very multifaceted. You have the book, um, uh, you know, you have the Dove, the Dove commercials as well. What <laughs> from a business side? What are you working on? Anything else that we'll, you know, we'll be able to expect? And um, oh, you know, what? that's a really interesting question, Matt. Because um, the longer I'm in this, um, you know, I actually uh, don't have an agent anymore. Um, because I, I, we would get offered so many opportunities to do things, and um, and I wouldn't take them, you know. And I knew I, that was going to be money to my agent. And he set it up, and I'm not doing it. Um, and he did all this work to set it up, and he could have made money. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, I said, "Look, I just I don't want to do this to you anymore. I don't want to keep saying no because I'm really trying to focus on um, the book. You know, I, that's a whole nother story. That I, I, I kind of was forced into doing that and it was an enjoyable process but I don't want to do it again and uh while I'm coaching um and then you know I did a, a Lowe's commercial this year where that was for the NABC for the of course you get paid but it, the NABC that that helped them out I, I that's easy it's a one-day thing 
But I really try to focus my time on making sure that the things I have to do at Villanova, recruiting, raising money, raising money, fundraising, um, and, and most important is coaching a team that I don't get distracted from doing that. And I, I keep doing that, you know, and uh, this USA basketball is <clears throat> taking up a lot of time for like, we'll, we'll be together until September 17th. So that's taking up a lot of time. So the time I'm not doing that, I want to make sure I focus on Villanova basketball. You know, as you guys know, we're getting these guys ready in the summer. We're working hard, but I want to spend as much time with these guys as I can. So I'm really trying to focus my time on, on Villanova basketball. I'm doing this thing for Amazon books, which is pretty simple. They just ask me three books I've read and, and what I've learned from them and what people, and I'm doing a little thing for them. But, uh, they're easy and not time consuming. I'm really trying to concentrate on Villanova basketball. I feel like in like the last, probably since my freshman year or maybe even my senior year in, in high school, I feel like this, this summer is like you have to put a little bit more time and a little more um, focus in here just because you guys have no seniors. Yep. You guys, um, I, I think Dada and Colin, you, you uh, are your juniors. Uh, Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine you think uh, junior too. You have no seniors, so I mean, I can only imagine what. Um, I mean, that's different. That's new for you. You haven't done that in the last six years. Right. It's everything we try to avoid. Yeah, exactly. Like everything we do with our roster is to not to get to this point, mm -hmm. and. Um, it's it's tough for us. It's different for us, but um, it, it's enjoyable. And I, I know you were here this morning watching us, and we had Jalen in workouts today. Arch was down there, and I can tell you guys are like looking at it like, "Ooh, these boys are young, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're not getting Villanova basketball yet." Um, but it's it, it's a it's a challenge, it, it, and and I actually I'm invigorated by this challenge with the young guys. It might be a little ugly early in the season, but. I think we can get it was ugly last year early, but I think we can get it going by the end. You got you got your work cut out for you, you know, <laughs> with these young guys, but how excited are you to have um um UConn back in the Big East? I think it's awesome. I, I think um they're a traditional Big East power. They've got a national basketball brand and I think they're making a statement nationally that, okay, everybody's doing this football thing. We get it, but it might not be for everybody and, and there is a value in being a national basketball program, and we're going to pick basketball over football. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big statement that they're making, and I also think they're they're making a statement like we're choosing the Big East. Like they came to us. Yeah, we didn't go out and search you guys. They we were fine with ten. We're good, and um, uh, they they will add another northeastern team, which I think is the strength of the Big East. Mm -hmm. Obviously Xavier Creighton, DePaul. They bring a lot to the Big East. Butler, but they what they bring is a great brand, but they know the strength of the Big East is in the Northeast and Madison Square Garden and the NC and the Big East tournament. Um, you gotta admit, playing the Big East tournament was Amazing. awesome, right? Being in Madison Square Garden, staying in Manhattan for the week. Um, so I think they're gonna, everything that's great about the Big East, they're gonna accentuate that. It's not like you're bringing in somebody from, let's say, Louisiana, you know, that doesn't have any connection. They, they, they were original members, they were, national champions they're in the northeast they're around the garden i think it's gonna be great for the league josh what do you think lighthearted 10 yeah let's do it um so this is something that we do at the end of every podcast it's called the lighthearted 10 right. um and it's just 10 just quick i guess a little bit of rapid fire not fully rapid fire questions that we ask everybody and just kind of see their their uh you know the answer so i guess i started off saying what's your biggest pet peeve uh 
basketball players not bringing effort every day. <laughs> you had to ask me. Of all people, man, you attitude. had to ask me. Attitude. What's your, uh, what's your biggest fear? And you can't say the same thing. My biggest fear? Um, you, you know what? Working too hard and not spending enough time with my family. Uh, this one, this one might date you a little bit, but uh, <laughs> what is your what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh man, uh, Roadrunner. Okay, okay. Do you know okay. what that is? Nah, nah, Do you I even know it? it? Yeah, that was a uh, Wiley the Coyote. Yeah, Wiley Coyote. Yeah. yeah, good. I used to love that man. <laughs> Bugs Bunny was in that too. Good. Childhood celebrity crush. Oh, oh that's good. Um, childhood celebrity crush. Um. Let's say Marsha on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> okay, okay. That's a good one. That's a Do you good know one. who that is? I, I, I know who she is. is. I see her. Yeah, I know who she is. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about when I was a little kid, right? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. a little kid. You could get a little older. She you was go the one Farrah Fawcett. with Do, the football, right? Yes. Do you ever remember who Farrah Fawcett is? No, who's that? Farrah Fawcett. No. Google her. I'm going to have to Google so her. So when I started to get a little bit older, it was Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> okay. Google her. Um, what superpower would you want? Superpower. Um, read to read read people's minds. Okay, that's actually a good one for a coach. That's a really good. Yeah, you wouldn't have wanted to read my mind. I would have been saying a lot of expletives. <laughs> you did kick them off the team. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I did. Sometimes I did read that mind, and it wasn't good. If uh, if you could switch lives with anybody for a day, who would it be? Ah. Uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> but that no, that um, switch lives with anybody for a day. I, man, you know what? I, I'm going to give you an answer, but I, I really wouldn't. I'm so I'm so happy and thankful for who I am. But um, man, you know what? I, I would like to switch lives with like a um, a guy. A guy that a guy that just lives lives at the beach who's got a simple life, uh, you know. I don't know that particular person, but just a guy that lives at the beach. He's on the beach every day. And he's got a simple life. He's not working real hard. I, I'm hoping I'm going to be that day. Yeah, I'm going to be retired. Uh, I'm going to be that guy one day. <laughs> uh, what uh, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? You know what? Back back in the in the two thousand, I always think Wall Street be a a, a stock uh, trader because I like the competitiveness and the fast action, and I, and I liked the they used to really take out clients and there was some sales in it. Um, that was the one I always thought I would like to do if I wasn't a coach. Who would play you in the Jay Wright movie? <laughs> well. Yeah, if you ask me, they would say George say Clooney, but I, but I think I'm fading there. I'm getting older, man. It's, I don't think. No, you're younger. But everybody, he looks better though, man. I'm looking old. He doesn't <laughs> look as old. But when I was younger, they everybody, I literally they would literally say to me like mm -hmm. people that didn't know, didn't follow basketball, they would stop me like, uh, uh, Mr. Clooney, and I'd be like, no, man, no, I would, I wish, but no, that would have been someone to change lives. I don't know if he wear a suit like you though. Oh, no, he's, he's, he's a stud, that man. The dude's a stud. What is the title of the current chapter of your life? Wow, that's a great that's question. Good. That's one that everyone stumped. That is a great question. Um, reinvention. Oh, that's a good one. Reinvention. I like that one. That's a you great know, it's, one. It's just trying, uh, you know, I'm getting more experienced. The players are younger. <laughs> I want to still keep trying to find ways to motivate them and then also think about, you know, 
I'm getting closer to the end now. So you think about, I don't know, I hope that's not for a while, but you start thinking about, okay, what do you do next? You're in it so long, you know, and you're just like, all right, it's grindy every day. So that would be my word. I like your 10. They're good questions, man. The last one. Uh, if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive? Welcome. <laughs> I just want to be there, man. I'm just happy to show. If I get there, if I get there, I'm good. Um, given my life and all the times I yelled at Josh Hart, if I get there, I'm good. <laughs> uh -huh. Man, um, but thank you so much for coming on. It's been uh, a pleasure to, to sit here and talk to you and just kind of see the other side. Obviously, not, you know, just, just talking to you, just, just men and not... Um, me getting cursed out or me doing the cursing out on the basketball <laughs> court. So um thank you so much for yeah, coming on cool to the Lightheart Pod um, Lighthearted Podcast. Um wish you guys a lot of success this next year. Obviously it's gonna be a challenging one for you guys with these young Amen. guys, but you got a a great group of guys and you know good luck with everything. Thanks buddy. And I'm proud of you too. I watched your guys' friendship when you were way back in high school and I start recruiting. It's cool that and that's your loyalty and yours, Matt and Charlie. You guys stick together and uh, no matter how big you get. And then Matt, when you get real big, no matter how big you get, you don't forget where you came from. So it's impressive to see you guys all stick together. Appreciate it. Appreciate that, Coach. Thank you. You got it, guys. Thank you.